Welcome to Starting Change. I'm Danushi and this podcast is brought to you by Startup Smart, Australia's leading startup news and opinion site. Today we're looking at how social entrepreneurs can work with impact investors to drive real world change. We're at the point where things are starting to tip towards those social and environmental businesses because there are so many systemic issues and things like climate change. Climate change is meant to be impacting businesses and costing the world trillions of dollars. I think it's about 58 trillion in the next couple of years, and that's huge. Climate change is just as great a threat as terror, if not greater. 0.5% of scientists in the world. We've been told there were some children here making clothes for the gang. There is no transparency here. There has been a pattern of troubling behaviour. Nor any of the Australian retailers want us or anybody else to know. So we're not talking about appealing to people's hearts anymore. I think in Australia it's traditionally been not-for-profits that have this enterprising arm where we're trying to move it away from that not-for-profit sort of model and making it a for-profit business. We're doing a bit of an education piece in terms of informing people that profits don't have to be dirty. what you do with it that matters. That's Veronica Monroe, the CEO of the Social Enterprise Accelerator Consultancy and Impact Investment Fund 110. On a mission to enable purpose-driven entrepreneurs across Australia, Veronica and her team, including 110 founder Jeff Gawley, are actively seeking out and empowering companies of all sorts to find their footing in a world of conscious consumers. We work with businesses at all stages, whether it's through the ideation stage or whether it's through scaling. And we also raise capital, and so we take a fee upon success of raising capital as well. Our vision is really to push social, environmental, purpose-driven businesses to be mainstream. So it's not this side lefty movement. It's businesses have to have that social and environmental impact to even exist. A core part of 110's business model is its accelerator program, which helps new purpose-driven founders drive their ideas into the market so they can make real-world impact. We're looking to invest in most of the companies that come through that. So we're looking for really high growth, high impact businesses because we do want to take a piece of the pie and we do want to stay on the journey for the long term and making sure that the enterprise's success is our success. So we have skin in the game. One of the biggest challenges social enterprise founders seem to have is getting financial support. But there's a growing appetite among Australian investors for these types of ventures. In fact, a 2016 report by Impact Investment Australia estimates that pent-up demand for impact investing could be worth more than $18 billion. So if the money's there, why is there a disconnect? Now 110 is sort of a middleman between investors and these enterprises. So Monroe has quite a unique perspective on this. We're actually getting impact investors setting up new funds every day and they come to us and they're asking us where they should have this money. So there's this gap in between this idea stage of enterprises and the investors essentially when they're investment ready. So what we're trying to do is bridge that gap and make sure that the enterprises coming through either consultancy or any of our programs, they're ready not only socially and environmentally in terms of their impact, but also in terms of their financial returns and their business rigor. You actually need to get started and show the investors that you have skin in the game and that you're willing to, you know, take out a second mortgage on your house or whatever else to get to that next step to be able to match with the investors. To get to that stage, Monroe says it requires aspiring social impact makers to start really thinking about the market problem they want to solve, the best solution and the right business model to scale its impact. If you can't define the problem and you have a solution, you should probably start again.
It's the same principles in traditional startups. What is the problem you're solving? A lot of people can't answer that question, surprisingly. They know that they want to help end extreme poverty. They know that they want to help homeless people, but they can't really articulate what problem specifically is their solution. So for example, if they have an idea to end homelessness, Homelessness is not the issue. There's so many systemic issues that feed into why people are homeless. Maybe it's that their rent is too high and they weren't able to find somewhere and so now they're sleeping rough on the streets. It might be that they've been bankrupted through medical bills. I mean, this happens all the time in the US. People are living on the streets because of that. If you're trying to find that solution to homelessness, what is that one problem that you're trying to solve that leads people to become homeless? Once you've identified that specific problem, Monroe says the most important next step is market research. How many people can your solution reach? What is a tangible amount that you can capture in the market in the first year? Are there other enterprises doing that out there? You would be surprised by the number of pitches that we receive that are almost the same idea. So no idea is actually original. It's about people who can actually implement it and execute it. Once you've developed a solution that can change people's lives, it's important to be able to scale that. And Monroe believes all social enterprises should be thinking like startups. There's a reason that startups work the way that they do in that lean methodology. They test and speak to their customers and validate. Social ventures, I find, don't always approach and speak to the customers and validate and bring that lean methodology. When people identify as social enterprises, they usually think about just having their local impact, but I think a lot of them have application globally. We had somebody submit a pitch through our website and in their pitch deck that they sent us that said, we're a social enterprise, but we bring the startup methodology. I read it and I laughed because all social enterprises should be. Two examples of social enterprises that have considered all of these issues and are getting their ideas off the ground are 110's first accelerator participants. Health Delivered is developing a cloud-based platform to transform the way diet and nutrition practitioners help patients. By moving these traditionally paper-based services online with features like real-time monitoring, patients anywhere can connect with health providers through the platform to more effectively develop and implement health plans that work for them. Both enterprises are incredible. The first one has five co-founders and they come from so many different fields. It's incredible how the purpose of solving chronic disease through diet is unifying them. The other accelerator participant is Promise or Pay. They enable people to run crowdsource campaigns to help them stick to healthy living goals. So when they break a promise to quit smoking or stop eating junk food, their penalty is a donation to a nonprofit of their choice. Jay, the founder, is so heart-driven. He's been at it for over a year now. We've taken him in and we've pivoted his direction to be corporate-facing as well as consumer-facing. Another company 110 is working with is LeafCan. Its founder, Chris Nasser wants to establish Australia's first people planet profit, medicinal cannabis cultivator. About five years ago, my auntie suffered a very severe stroke. She lost her ability to 50% of her body. She was a fighter and she was doing okay, but about two years ago, a morphine patch was left on her overnight, which caused infection. My auntie struggled to come back from that. She wasn't eating or sleeping and she couldn't manage her pain. That's where myself and my family made a decision to look for an alternative solution. And then we came across medicinal cannabis and its benefits. That became a catalyst for my research. 
I unfortunately lost my auntie in the middle of last year, and a week later, Leaf Can was born. With one support, NASA is looking to raise $6 million from investors to fund the development and construction of the Leaf Can facility. We focused on research and development, cultivation and manufacturing for Australian patients, and it was just a way that I knew how I could help people make this happen a bit quicker, and hopefully I can make it happen and get a license and get a product out to patients as soon as possible. If you're a philanthropist or an investor interested in backing ventures like these but are a little concerned about the risk, Monroe has some advice. That sort of social enterprises, they're really hard to sell because impact investors traditionally like to see the financial returns. And not to say that you can't get the financial returns, but in terms of getting the more hard facts or figures on the social return is a little bit tricky and there's not one standard. I think it's just being open to what it is you're passionate about, what cause are you passionate about, are they reporting to you? How are they reporting it to you? And just going along on the journey. And during the journey, it's important to remember that measuring impact and tracking progress is much more complex when it comes to social startups. So for Monroe, the number one trait of a good social impact investor is patience. Finance has always been traditionally on those quarterly reports, and that's something that's shifting. So Unilever is a really great example. Their CEO has cut that out, so there's no more quarterly report. They're looking for long-term sustainability in everything that they do. They might need to invest, say, a million dollars into trying to prototype a new idea to see if it's viable. Unilever understands that it takes time to get that return. We're telling impact investors it needs to take between three to five years before they can pull their money out. When it comes to the social soft side of things, there needs to be a degree of understanding that somebody's mental health isn't going to necessarily be translated into a financial return. And the other thing that impact investors need to look at is bringing their knowledge and their network and business rigor to those enterprises and helping them through that because a lot of the purpose-driven people and enterprises and not-for-profits that are starting up these ventures, they have the passion and they are the ones that understand what is the impact and how to measure that. They're so heart-driven that what they need to be matched up with is that business rigor. Veronica Monroe, the CEO of 110 Accelerator, ending that story. Now, so if you picked up a tip today that really resonated, be sure to share it with the hashtag starting change. You can follow Startup Smart on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Thanks for listening. I'm Danushi. See you next Thursday at 6 p.m.